story thirty five of romance of california life by john haberton this librivox recording is in the public domain story thirty five budge and toddy at aunt alice's part one the following is quoted by permission from mr haberton's popular book other people's children published by g p putnam's sons new york mrs burton's birthday dawned brightly and it is not surprising that as it was her first natal anniversary since her marriage to a man who had no intention or ability to cease being a lover it is not surprising that her ante-breakfast moments were too fully and happily occupied to allow her to even think of two little boys who had already impressed upon her their willingness and general ability to think for themselves as for the young men themselves they awoke with the lark and with a heavy sense of responsibility also the room of mrs burton's chambermaid joined their own and the occupant of that room having been charged by her mistress with the general care of the boys between dark and daylight she had gradually lost that faculty for profound slumber which so notably distinguishes the domestic servant from all other human beings she had grown accustomed to wake at the first sound in the boys room and on the morning of her mistress's birthday the first sound she heard was tod no response could be heard but a moment later the chambermaid heard tod ow drawled a voice not so sleepily but it could sound aggrieved wake up dear old toddy butter it's aunt alice's birthday now needn't wake my ears open if tis whined toddy i only hollered in one ear tod remonstrated budge and you ought to love dear aunt alice enough to have that hurt a little rather than not wake up a series of groans snarls whines grunts snorts and remonstrances semi-articulate were heard and at length some complicated wriggles and convulsive kicks were made manifest to the listening ear and then budge said that's right now let's get up and get ready say do you know that we didn't think anything about having some music don't you remember how papa played the piano last mamma's birthday when she came downstairs and how happy it made her and we danced around all right said toddy let's tell you what said budge let's both bang the piano like mamma and aunt alice does together sometimes oh yes exclaimed toddy we can make some awful big bangs before she can get down to tell us to don't then there was heard a scurrying of light feet as the boys picked up their various articles of clothing from the corners chairs bureau table etc where they had been tossed the night before the chambermaid hurried to their assistance and both boys were soon dressed a plate containing bananas and another with the hard-earned grapes were on the bureau and the boys took them and tiptoed down the stair and into the drawing-room gracious said toddy as he placed his plate on the sideboard maybe the grapes and buttonholes has got sour i guess we'd better try em like mamma does the milk on hot mornings when the baddy milkman don't come time enough and toddy suited the action to the word by plucking from a cluster the handsomest grape in sight i think said he smacking his lips with the suspicious air of a professional wine taster i think they is getting sour let's see said budge no said toddy plucking another grape with one hand while with the other he endeavoured to cover his gift i's bid enough to do it myself 
unless he added as a happy inspiration struck him you'll let me help see if your buttonos are sour then you can only have one bite said budge you must let me taste about six grapes because twould take that many to make one of your bites on a banana all right said toddie and the boys proceeded to exchange duties budge taking the precaution to hold the banana himself so that his brother should not abstractedly sample a second time and toddie doling out the grapes with careful count they are a little sour said budge with a wry face perhaps some other bunch is better i think we'd better try each one don't you and each one of the buttonos too suggested toddie that one was pretty good but maybe some of the others isn't the proposition was accepted and soon each banana had its length reduced by a fourth and the grape clusters displayed a fine development of wood then budge seemed to realize that his present was not as sightly as it might be for he carefully closed the skins at the ends and turned the unbroken ends to the front as deftly as if he were a born retailer of fruit this done he exclaimed oh we want our cards on em else how will she know who they came from we'll be here to tell her said toddy ah said budge that wouldn't make her half so happy don't you know how when cousin florence gets presents of flowers she's always happiest when she's looking at the card that comes with em all right said toddy hurrying into the parlor and returning with the cards of a lady and gentleman taken haphazard from his aunt's card receiver now we must write happy birthday on the backs of em said budge exploring his pockets and extracting a stump of a lead pencil now continued budge leaning over the card and displaying all the facial contortions of the unpractised writer as he laboriously printed in large letters speaking as he worked a letter at a time h a p p e b u r f d a happy birthday now you must hold the pencil for yours or else it won't be so sweet that's what mamma says toddy took the pencil in his pudgy hand and budge guided the hand and the two juvenile heads touched each other and swayed and twisted and bobbed in unison until the work was completed now i think she ought to come said budge breakfast time was still more than an hour distant why the rising bell hasn't rung yet let's ring it the boys fought for possession of the bell but superior might conquered and budge marched up and down the hall ringing with the enthusiasm and duration peculiar to the amateur bless me exclaimed mrs burton hastening to complete her toilette how time does fly sometimes mr burton saw something in his wife's face that seemed to call for lover-like treatment but it was not without a sense of injury that he exclaimed immediately after as he drew forth his watch i declare i would make a half a david that we hadn't been awake half an hour i forgot to wind up my watch last night the boys hurried into the parlor i hear him trampin around exclaimed budge in great excitement there the piano's shut isn't that too mean oh i'll tell you here's uncle harry's violin then what's i going to play on asked toddie dancing frantically about wait a minute said budge dropping the violin and hurrying to the floor above from which he speedily returned with a comb 
a bound volume of the portfolio lay upon the table and opening this budge tore the tissue paper from one of the etchings and wrapped the comb in it there said he you fiddle and i'll blow the comb goodness why don't they come down oh we forgot to put pennies under the plate and we won't know how many years old to put em for and we ain't got no pennies said toddie i know said budge hurrying to a cabinet in a drawer of which his uncle kept the nucleus of a collection of american coinage this kind of pennies budge continued isn't so pretty as our kind but they're bigger and they'll look better on a tablecloth now how old do you think she is i dunno said toddie going into a reverie of hopeless conjectures she's about as big as you and me put together well said budge you're four and i'm six and four and six is ten i guess ten'll be about the thing mrs burton's plate was removed and the pennies were deposited in a circle there was some painful counting and recounting and many disagreements additions and subtractions finally the pennies were arranged in four rows two of three each and two of two each and budge counted the threes and toddie verified the twos and budge was adding the four sums together when footsteps were heard descending the stairs budge hastily dropped the surplus coppers upon the four rows placed the plate and seized the comb as toddie placed the violin against his knee as he had seen small itinerant italians do a second or two later as the host and hostess entered the dining-room there arose a sound which caused mrs burton to clap her fingers to her ears while her husband exclaimed scat then both boys dropped their instruments toddie finding the ways of his own feet seriously compromised by the strings of the violin while both children turned happy faces toward their aunt and shouted happy birthday mr burton hurried to the rescue of his darling instrument while his wife gave each boy an appreciative kiss and showed them a couple of grateful tears then her eye was caught by the fruit on the sideboard and she read the cards aloud mrs frank romery this is like her effusiveness i've never met her but once but i suppose her bananas must atone for her lack of manners why charlie croon dear me what memories some men have a cloud came upon mr burton's brow charlie croon had been one of his rivals for miss mayton's hand and mrs burton was looking a trifle thoughtful and her husband was as unreasonable as newly made husbands are sure to be when mrs burton exclaimed some one has been picking the grapes off in the most shameful manner boys ain't from no romeries and croons said toddie they's from me and budge and we does tasted them to see if got sour in the night where did the cards come from asked mrs burton out of the basket in the parlor said budge but the back is the nice part of em mrs burton's thoughtful expression and her husband's frown disappeared together as they seated themselves at the table both boys wriggled rigorously until their aunt raised her plate and then budge exclaimed a penny for each year you know thirty-one exclaimed mrs burton after counting the heap how complimentary what does you do for little boys on your birthday asked toddie after breakfast was served mamma does lots of things yes said budge she says she thinks people ought to get their own happy by making other people happy and mamma knows better than you you know cause she's been married longest 
although mrs burton admitted the facts the inference seemed scarcely natural and she said so well anyhow said toddie mamma always has parties on her birthday and we has all the cake we want you shall be happy to-day then said mrs burton for a few friends will be in to see me this afternoon and i am going to have a nice little lunch for them and you shall lunch with us if you will be very good until then and keep yourselves clean and neat all right said toddie isn't it most time now tod's all stomach said budge with some contempt say aunt alice i hope you won't forget to have some fruit cake that's the kind we like best you'll come home very early harry asked mrs burton ignoring her nephew's question by noon at furthest said the gentleman i only want to see my morning letters and fill any orders that may be in them what are you going so early for uncle harry asked budge to take aunt alice riding old boy said mr burton oh just listen tod won't that be jolly uncle harry's going to take us riding i said i was going to take your aunt alice budge said mr burton i heard you said budge but that won't trouble us any she always likes to talk to you better than she does to us when are we going mr burton asked his wife in german whether the lawrence burton assurance was not charmingly natural and mrs burton answered in the same tongue that it was but was none the less deserving of rebuke and that she felt it to be her duty to tone it down in her nephews mr burton wished her joy of the attempt and asked a number of searching questions about success already attained until mrs burton was glad to see toddy come out of a brown study and hear him say i think that place where the river is broke off is the nicest place what does the child mean asked his aunt don't you know where we went last year and you stopped us from seeing how far we could hang over uncle harry said the budge oh passaic falls exclaimed mr burton yes that's it said budge old rivers broke right in two there said toddie and a piece of us way up in the air and another piece is way down in big hole in the stones that's where i want to go widen listen toddie said mrs burton we like to take you riding with us at most times but to-day we prefer to be alone you and budge will stay at home we shan't be gone more than two hours wants to go a widen exclaimed toddie i know you do dear but you must wait until some other day said the lady but i want to go toddie explained and i don't want you to so you can't said mrs burton in a tone which would reduce any reasonable person to hopelessness but toddie in spite of manifest astonishment remarked want to go a widen now the fight is on murmured mr burton to himself then he rose hastily from the table and said i think i'll try to catch the earlier train my dear as i am coming back so soon mrs burton arose to bid her husband good-bye and was kissed with more than usual tenderness and then held at arm's length while manly eyes looked into her own with an expression which she found untranslatable for two hours at least mrs burton saw her husband fairly on his way and then she returned to the dining-room led toddie into the parlor took him upon her lap wound her arms tenderly about him and said now toddie dear listen carefully to what aunt alice tells you there are some reasons why you boys should not go with us to-day and aunt alice means just what she says when she tells you you can't go with us 
if you were to ask a hundred times it would not make the slightest bit of difference you cannot go and you must stop thinking about it toddie listened intelligently from beginning to end and replied but i want to go and you can't that ends the matter no i don't said toddie not a single biddle i want to go badder never but you are not going i want to go so baddy said toddie beginning to cry i suppose you do and auntie is very sorry for you said mr burton kindly but that does not alter the case when grown people say no little boys must understand that they mean it but what i want is to go a widen with you said toddie and what i want is that you shall stay at home so you must said mrs burton let us have no more talk about it now shouldn't you like to go into the garden and pick some strawberries all for yourself no i like to go widen toddie said mrs burton don't let me hear one more word about riding well i want to go toddie i will certainly have to punish you if you say any more on this subject and that will make me very unhappy you don't want to make auntie unhappy on her birthday do you no but i do want to go a widen listen toddie said mrs burton with an imperious stamp of her foot and a sudden loss of her entire stock of patience if you say one more word about that trip i will lock you up in the attic chamber where you were day before yesterday and budge shall not be with you toddie gave vent to a perfect torrent of tears and screamed ah, i don't want to be locked up and i do want to go a widen toddie suddenly found himself clasped tightly in his aunt's arms in which position he kicked pushed screamed and roared during the passage of two flights of stairs the moment of his final incarceration was marked by a piercing shriek which escaped from the attic window causing the dog jerry to retire precipitately from a pleasing lounging place on the well curb and making a passing farmer to rein up his horses and maintain a listening position for the space of five minutes meanwhile mrs burton descended to the parlour more flushed untidy and angry than one had ever before seen her she soon encountered the gaze of her nephew budge and it was so full of solemnity that mrs burton's anger departed in an instant how would you like to be carried upstairs screaming and put in a lonely room just cause you wanted to go riding asked budge mrs burton was unable to imagine herself in any such position but replied i should never be so foolish as to keep on wanting what i knew i could not have why exclaimed budge are grown folks as smart as all that mrs burton's conscience smote her not over lightly and she hastened to change the subject and to devote herself assiduously to budge as if to atone for some injury which she might have done to his brother an occasional howl which fell from the attic window increased her zeal for budge's comfort under each one however her resolution grew weaker and finally with a hypocritical excuse to budge mrs burton hurried up to the door of toddie's prison and said through the keyhole toddie what said toddie will you be a good boy now yes if you take me a widen mrs burton turned abruptly away and simply flew down the stairs budge who waited her at the foot instinctively stood aside and exclaimed my i thought you was going to tumble why didn't you bring him down 
bring who asked mrs burton indignantly oh i know what you went upstairs for said budge your eyes told me all about it you're certainly a rather inconvenient companion said mrs burton averting her face and i want you to run home and ask how your mamma and baby sister are don't stay long remember that lunch will be earlier than usual to-day away went budge and mrs burton devoted herself to thought and self-questioning unquestioning obedience had been her own duty since she could remember yet she was certain that her will was as strong as toddy's if she had been always able to obey certainly the unhappy little boy in the attic was equally capable why should he not do it perhaps she admitted to herself she had inherited a faculty in this direction and perhaps oh, yes certainly toddy had done nothing of the sort how was she to overcome the defect in his disposition or was she to do it at all was it not something with which no one temporarily having a child in charge should interfere as she pondered an occasional scream from toddy helped to unbend the severity of her principles but suddenly her eye rested upon the picture of her husband and she seemed to see in one of the eyes a quizzical expression all her determination came back in an instant with heavy reinforcements and budge came back a few minutes later his bulletins from home and his stores of experience en route consumed but a few moments and then mrs burton proceeded to dress for her ride to exclude toddy's screams she closed her door tightly but toddy's voice was one with which all timber seemed in sympathy and it pierced door and window apparently without effort gradually however it seemed to cease and with the growing infrequency of his howls and the increasing feebleness of their utterance mrs burton's spirits revived dressing leisurely she ascended toddy's prison to receive his declaration of penitence and to accord a gracious pardon she knocked softly at the door and said toddy there was no response so mrs burton knocked and called with more energy than before but without reply a terrible fear occurred to her she had heard of children who screamed themselves to death when angry hastily she opened the door and saw toddy tear-stained and dirty lying on the floor fast asleep she stooped over him to be sure that he still breathed and then the expression on his sweetly parted lips was such that she could not help kissing them then she raised the pathetic desolate little figure softly in her arms and the little head dropped upon her shoulder and nestled close to her neck and one little arm was clasped tightly around her throat and a soft voice murmured i wants to go a widen and just then mr burton entered and with a most exasperating affection of ingenuousness and uncertainty asked did you conquer his will my dear his wife annihilated him with a look and led the way to the dining-room meanwhile toddy awoke straightened himself rubbed his eyes recognized his uncle and exclaimed uncle harry does you know where we're going this afternoon we're going a widen and mr burton hid in his napkin all of his face that was below his eyes and his wife wished that his eyes might have been hidden too for never in her life had she been so averse to having her own eyes looked into the extreme saintliness of both boys during the afternoon's ride took the sting out of mrs burton's defeat 
they gabbled to each other about flowers and leaves and birds and they assumed ownership of the few summer clouds that were visible and made sundry exchanges of them with each when the dog jerry who had surreptitiously followed the carriage and grown weary was taken in by his master they even allowed him to lie at their feet without kicking pinching his ears or pulling his tail as for mrs burton no right-minded husband could wilfully torment his wife upon her birthday so she soon forgot the humiliation of the morning and came home with superb spirits and matchless complexion for the little party her guests soon began to arrive and after the company was assembled mrs burton's chambermaid ushered in budge and toddy each in spotless attire and the dog jerry ushered himself in and toddy saw him and made haste to interview him and the two got inextricably mixed about the legs of a light jardinier and it came down with a crash and then the two were sent into disgrace which suited them exactly although there was a difference between them as to whether the dog jerry should seek and enjoy the seclusion upon which his heart was evidently intent then budge retired with a face full of fatherly solicitude and mrs burton was enabled to devote herself to the friends to whom she had not previously been able to address a single consecutive sentence mrs burton occasionally suggested to her husband that it might be well to see where the boys were and what they were doing but that gentleman had seldom before found himself the only man among a dozen comely and intelligent ladies and he was too conscious of the variety of such experience to trouble himself about a couple of people who had unlimited ability to keep themselves out of trouble so the boys were undisturbed for the space of two hours a sudden summer shower came up in the meantime and a sentimental young lady requested the song rain upon the roof and mrs burton and her husband began to render it as a duet but in the middle of the second stanza mrs burton began to cough mr burton sniffed the air apprehensively while several of the ladies started to their feet while others turned pale the air of the room was evidently filled with smoke there can't be any danger ladies said mrs burton you all know what the american domestic servant is i suppose our cook with her delicate sense of the appropriate is relighting her fire and has the kitchen doors wide open so that all the smoke may escape through the house instead of the chimney i'll go and stop it the mere mention of servants had its usual effect the ladies began at once that animated conversation which this subject has always inspired and which it will probably continue to inspire until all housekeepers gather in that happy land one of whose charms it is that the american kitchen is undiscernible within its borders and the purified domestic may stand before her mistress without needing a scolding but one nervous young lady whose agitation was being manifested by her feet alone happened to touch with the toe of her boot the turn-screw of the hot air register instantly she sprang back and uttered a piercing scream while from the register there arose a thick column of smoke fire screamed one lady water shrieked another oh shouted several in chorus 
some ran upstairs others into the rainy street the nervous young lady fainted a business-like young matron who had for years been maturing plans of operation in case of fire hastily swept into a table cover a dozen books in special morocco bindings and hurried through the rain with them to a house several hundred feet away while the faithful dog jerry scenting the trouble afar off hurried home and did his duty to the best of his ability by barking and snapping furiously at every one and galloping frantically through the house leaving his mark upon almost every square yard of the carpet meanwhile mr burton hurried upstairs coatless with disarranged hair dirty hands smirched face and assured the ladies that there was no danger while budge and toddy the former deadly pale and the latter almost apoplectic in colour sneaked up to their own chamber the company dispersed ladies who had expected carriages did not wait for them but struggled to the extreme verge of politeness for the use of such umbrellas and waterproof cloaks as mrs burton could supply fifteen minutes later the only occupant of the parlour was the dog jerry who lay with alert head in the centre of a large turkish chair mrs burton tenderly supported by her husband descended the stair and contemplated with tightly compressed lips and blazing eyes the disorder of her desolated parlour when however she reached the dining-room and beheld the exquisitely set lunch-table to the arrangement of which she had devoted hours of thought in preceding days and weeks she burst into a flood of tears i'll tell you how it was remarked budge who appeared suddenly and without invitation and whose consciousness of good intention made him as adamant before the indignant frowns of his uncle and aunt i always think bonfires is the nicest thing about celebrations and todd and me have been carrying sticks for two days to make a big bonfire in the back yard to-day but then it rained and rainy sticks won't burn i guess we found that out last thanksgiving day so we thought we'd make one in the cellar cause the top is all tin and the bottom's all dirt and it can't rain in there at all and we got lots of newspapers and kindling wood and put some kerosene on it and it blazed up beautiful and we was just coming up to ask you all down to look at it when in came uncle harry and banged me against the wall and todd into the coal heap and threw a mean old dirty carpet on top of it and wetted it all over little boys never can do anything nice without being made so don't said toddy dur see what a awful big splinter i got in my hand when i was frawin wood on a fire i didn't cry a bit about it then cause i thought i was making other folks happy like the lord wants little boys to do but they didn't get happy so now i'm goin to cry about the splinter and toddy raised a howl which was as much superior to his usual cry as things made to order generally are over the ordinary supply we had a torch-like procession too said budge we had to have it in the attic but it wasn't very nice there wasn't any trees up there for the light to dance around on like it does on lection day nights so we just stopped and would have felt real doleful if we hadn't thought of the bonfire where did you leave the torches asked mr burton springing from his chair and lifting his wife to her feet at the same time i i don't know said budge after a moment of thought 
throwed em in a closet where the rags is so's not to dirty the nice floor with em said toddy mr burton hurried upstairs and extinguished a smouldering heap of rags while his wife truer to herself than she imagined she was drew budgie to her and said kindly wanting to make people happy and doing it are two very different things budge yes i should think they was said budge with an emphasis which explained much that was left unsaid little boys is goosies for trying to make big folks happy at all said toddy beginning again to cry oh no they're not dear said mrs burton taking the sorrowful child into her lap but they don't always understand how best to do it so they ought to ask big folks before they begin then there won't be no surprises complained toddy say is we going to eat all this supper i suppose so if we can sighed mrs burton i guess we can budgie and me said toddy and won't we be glad all them women's winded away that evening after the boys had retired mrs burton seemed a little uneasy of mind and at length she said to her husband i feel guilty at never having directed the boys devotions since they have been here and i know no better time than the present in which to begin mr burton's eyes followed his wife reverently as she left the room the service she proposed to render the children she had sometimes performed for himself with results for which he could not be grateful enough and yet it was not with unalloyed anticipation that he softly followed her up the stair mrs burton went into the chamber and found the boys playing battering ram each with a pillow in front of him children said she have you said your prayers no said budge somebody's got to be knocked down first then we will a sudden tumble by toddy was the signal for devotional exercises and both boys knelt beside the bed now darlings said mrs burton you have made some sad mistakes to-day and they should teach you that even when you want most to do right you need to be helped by somebody better don't you think so i do said budge lots i don't said toddy more help i gets the worst things is guess i'll do things all alone after this i know what to say to the lord to-night aunt alice said budge dear little boy said mrs burton go on dear lord said budge we do have the awfulest times when we try to make other folks happy do please lord please teach big folks how hard little folks have to think before they do things for em and make em understand little folks every way better than they do so that they don't make little folks unhappy when they try to make big folks feel jolly make big folks have to think as hard as little folks do for christ's sake amen oh yes and bless dear mamma and the sweet little sister baby how's that aunt alice mrs burton did not reply and budge on turning saw only her departing figure while toddy remarked now it's my time turn dear lord when i guess to be a little boy ansel up in heaven don't let growed-up angels come along whenever i'm doin anything nice for em and say don't or tumble me down in heaps of nasty old black coal there amen it was with a sneaking sense of relief that mrs burton awoke on the following morning and realized that the day was sunday even school-teachers have two days of rest in every seven thought mrs burton to herself 
and no one doubts that they deserve them how much more deserving of rest and relief then must be the volunteer teacher who not for a few hours only but from dawn to twilight has charge of two children whose capacity for both learning and mischief surely equals any school full of boys the realization that she was attempting for a few days only that which mothers everywhere were doing without hope of rest excepting in heaven made mrs burton feel more humble and worthless than she ever had done in her life before but it did not banish her wish to turn the children over to the care of their uncle for the day if mrs burton had been honest with herself she would have admitted that the principal cause of her anxiety for relief was her unwillingness to have her husband witness the failures which she had come to believe were to be her daily lot while trying to train her nephews thoughts of a sunday excursion from participation in which she should in some way excuse herself of volunteering to relieve her sister-in-law's nurse during the day and thus leaving her husband in charge of the house and the children of making that visit to her mother which is always in order with the newly made wife all these and other devices not so practicable came before mrs burton's mind's eye for comparison but they all and together took sudden wing when mr burton awoke and complained of a raging toothache truly pitiful and sympathetic as mrs burton was she exhibited remarkable resignation in the face of the thought that her husband would probably need to remain in his room all day and that it would be absolutely necessary to keep the children out of his sight and hearing then he could find nothing to criticize she might fail as frequently as she probably would but he would know only of her successes End of story 35, part 1.